welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. I'm your host, Max Moser, here today, hosting episode 139, the She-Hulk series, season one finale, excuse me. It is going to be a good one. I'm here with my co-host and the peanut butter to my jelly. It is Mark Jones. Mark, how are you? I'm great. I'm glad I was your peanut butter because we're both sticky. And once you put us together, we're unbreakable. We're just a big, sticky, unbreakable bond. I hate that you make things difficult for me out, out of the gate with your intro. Like every time I feel uncomfortable when I introduce you. I'm sorry to unintentionally make you feel icky. And Don't sticky. call me sticky and icky. It's getting worse. <laughs> yuck. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> We're going to talk about She-Hulk today on episode 139, wherever you're listening. However you're listening, thanks for making us part of your podcast experience. Uh, You can check us out on everything in our link in the show notes. I'm not going to plug anymore. That would be ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) If you're new, you're like, no, thank you. Get that away from me. I do not want what you're soliciting. Just talk about the crazy things that happened in She-Hulk. Before we do that, though, I have to to solicit one more thing. Having said everything I said, uh, one more thing. <laughs> In your face. Uh, we do have a patron, so check that out. 35 minutes of content before the show. It's a pre-show. It's a pre-show for the real show. Pre-show for the real show. And then so. we have an after show sometimes. Do you want me to do an after show today? Because typically I stop right at the end yeah, from Max editing. It's like, episode. I'm done. All right, we can do an after show. We'll do an after show. We'll talk for a little bit afterwards. You got it. I'll make it happen. Okay. Uh, but we, before we talk about She-Hulk, we want to make sure that you're familiar with our rating system and how we rate things on this podcast. So we're going to go ahead and put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity snap. And then additionally, this episode has some very significant spoilers in it. that. By now, if you haven't found out what they are and you're listening, congratulations to you. That's a special achievement, in my opinion. But I'm just going to ask you, go see this before you come back here, because we are going to fully spoil it. This is your spoiler warning for She-Hulk season one. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. So She-Hulk is the show about Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk. She she navigates the complicated life of being a single 30-something attorney who also happens to be a six-foot-seven super-powered Hulk. This is created for TV purposes by Jessica Gao, starring Tatiana Maslany, Ginger Gonzaga, uh, Malia Araya, uh, Jamila Jamil, Renee Renee Elise Goldsberry, Steve Coulter, Josh Sagara, Tim Roth, John Bass and Benedict Wong, Mark Ruffalo, and who's who plays Daredevil? Charlie Cox. I totally lost that name at the top of my head. I'm so I sorry. was Charlie just going to say, well, it's Matt Murdock, you dummy. I, I know it's like, Matt Murdock, but I was like, I was like, I, wait, you wanted the actor name. All I could think was Matt Murdock. <laughs> I was like, I, it's not Matt Murdock. It's not Matt Murdock. Um. Uh, also, a writing credit goes to John Buscema as well. Stanley obviously is getting, uh, you know, producer credit as well as a slew of others. But uh, this season's been going on all year. It, it has been a divisive season to say the least. From Megan the Stallion twerking 
to uh, Jamila Jamil essentially playing a content creator villain versus a full-fledged power villain. You had the Charlie Cox, Mac, Matt Murdock preview coming into the season. Uh, he was in the trailers. And a lot of people didn't know what to make of this show and the 30-minute format, essentially 20 to 25 minutes if you count the credits. And it hit out with a bang with, with her becoming the Hulk and the She-Hulk, excuse me, and the Hulk working with her to develop her. And she has this huge uh, dialogue with him saying, I know what it's like to control my anger, so I'll I'll make it happen. And from that point on, we get this interesting story arc. So, Mark, with all of that being said, and all of that precursor to this show, can you tell the audience before talking about this final episode, what were your general thoughts after eight episodes coming into this episode about this, this whole show? Uh, my general thoughts, I thought, I've been thinking the show is the breath of fresh air, like we've always, like you and I apparently agree on. It tells, I think it's been telling a really great story. I love the fourth wall breaks, um, which if I'm not mistaken, She-Hulk did the fourth wall breaks before Deadpool, right? In the comics. Like Ooh, she was, that is a great question. Because that was one. I do not know that answer. Watching with my beautiful wife, Kelly, because she didn't really like this last episode. Because, you know, then her big thing was like, well, Deadpool does the fourth wall breaks. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure She-Hulk did that first. And then she's like, well, you know, and it's the other thing where it's like, you know, there are, you know, fans who are just fans of the show, the shows and movies that don't know a lot about the comic lore. Where it's like, yeah, if you didn't know that, you might think like, well, Daredevil did that first. Why is She-Hulk doing it? Um, but, you know, I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong on that. Um, I love the characters they've, you know, introduced. And I love that they brought back you know, Emil Blonsky. I thought that was great. Uh, but overall, it's like, yeah, you know, that's why it's in, a, in my top five for these new Marvel shows. So. Yeah, this show really, if you've heard me review it in the couple episodes I've been on, I have been very surprised and pleasantly um, joyful with my experience with She-Hulk. A couple things that have flown under the radar that I really want to celebrate about this show are one, I think the journey that this character takes is significant. I think it's great that the stakes were minimal leading up to the final episode that we'll talk about here in a minute. I think her parents being loving parents was a breath of fresh air. And I'm not saying that every parent has to be loving, but in a superhero format, that is normally not something that is followed. And I really appreciated that the nucleus of the family being something of a theme in this show and that none of her family got killed too it's just like nope they're all yeah still nobody there. got killed nobody died there was it it just and they were quirky they yeah. weren't they weren't flashy they were just like a normal family <laughs> exactly and i really appreciated that and i i i just applaud jessica gal for that i think i think jessica gal did a great job with that i liked tim roth's transformation i liked how they explained it it didn't feel cheesy or weird. I, it was a question I had, and we'll talk about the end of the episode in the season, but I think they set themselves up well with, with how they're going with his direction. I really liked that we talked about this universe as a whole in the format of day-to-day -day life. This is exactly what this series has needed. The Marvel Cinematic Universe needs daily conversation about the minuscule things that have happened because of the big effects of the big things. And I think this show checks that box. I don't think it's a perfect show. I don't think any of the Disney plus shows are perfect yet, but I do think it's the best. 
And I thought it was the best coming into it. And the series finale, in my opinion, really set the stage on that. So, Mark, go ahead and give us your review of the season finale. I said series again, sorry. Give us your review of the season finale of She-Hulk season one. Honestly, I haven't laughed that that hard at a Marvel movie or show in a while. Um, I would give it a six out of six. I kind of... I don't think anyone could have guessed what they did for the finale. Mm-mm. I don't think that that's like an unguessable thing, in my opinion. They totally swerved us. But yeah, it's like, you know, the, the final seat or the final episode, I almost said it. Um, final episode is, you know, we finally are getting the a culmination of what's happening. Like we're trying to discover like who the bad guy is. And it's uh, like her friend. That's who I thought it was going to be. And like they swerved us there. They made it look like she was on Intelligentsia uploading that video of her and then she was just like basically catfishing them to find out where they were sure and then you find out it's um who uh one of the todd one of the, it was todd, todd. yep yeah, one of the guys she tried dating was hulk king and like stole her blood um <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're at emil blanc basically on emil blonsky's property having like a an event and he's like speaking so then you're thinking like is he part of this but sure. he's not. He's just a paid dude to give him like inspirational talk, exactly as abomination. And it's like this all like oh, it was just, and then then they start fighting because then Jen decides to because you know now she's she has like this ankle monitor she can't be Shioka anymore, so she goes to Emil to like unwind or to his like retreat and then wants to go talk to him and goes there and sees him as abomination. And that's when Todd's like, oh, I stole your blood. Like basically revealed his whole evil plan and then. He becomes the Hulk, and then Hulk shows up. Uh, uh, Titan, or uh, what's her name? Um, Titania. Titania shows up, and then we get that whole like free. She's like, wait, none of this makes sense. Like literally, like, like we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about that for sure. Yeah, which that is like I think that's going to be a majority of our but dialogue I, today. I'm pretty sure that's like you know that's leading up to that part where she like then stops it, and you're like, okay, what's happening? If she's going to stop all this action stuff. Cause yeah. And then she tells, this is tells the audience, this doesn't make sense. And you're like, yeah, it kind of, kind of doesn't make sense. Does it? I would like to go into the weeds with you on some of this. Yeah. Let's, let's weed, let's weed dive. But, but let me give my review real quick and then we will. Okay. So I, I, I this isn't going to be a surprise to anybody that's listened to me up to this point, but this is a six out of six episode. Infinity snap, infinity snap on the episode. And I'm going to probably go ahead and say this episode is better than Loki's season finale. Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and say that. And, and, and I don't know about that, dog. My, but, and, and I understand that's going to be blasphemy to some people. I'm willing to hear why. Here, here's, here's my why. It paired up with the stakes. I've heard the argument from some people on TikTok and Reddit that, oh, she just basically chose her own fate. It was like a choose your own fate book and – she chose she she told the writers that Matt Murdock needed to date her and that Mil Blonsky needed to turn himself in and all this stuff. And I was like, no, she I loved, loved that. Got the stakes reconciled that were specific to her character. And in the first episode of the season, these same people were complaining that Hulk had to carry her. I'm not going to make uh, the layup of the argument of She-Hulk and the one maybe quote unquote negative is it's very on the nose with how they talk about people on the internet, in my opinion. Oh, it's like super it's, meta. It's, it's, it's the most back. meta thing of all time in Marvel. 
it doesn't bother me though because it's because people said it it's true but to me it's a layup to attack people like that because i'm like those people don't in my opinion their their opinions in my ear out the other the reality of she hulk that what makes her so great is that she developed as a character she lost everything by the final episode she connected with multiple different mcu projects which is what i wanted she has the ability to continue on. She's going to be in the next Daredevil. I think she's going to be in Daredevil with him. I I loved how like I I looked at my I looked at my view of Kelly again. I was like, I loved that they're they're making them a couple. And they're I making them a couple. I I would have never have guessed that. I would she never loving. Couple I, I would have guessed. Couple. I would have guessed them hooking up, but not a couple. And that's another thing for this show. This is a show for her looking for someone that loves her for the way they are, and in She Hulk the comic. The character is very provocative and sleeps with a lot of people. I like that she's trying to kind of be more of a family person. Or I mean not family, but have a have a boyfriend. I like that. Have a have a relationship and be able to grow with that relationship. That's what she wants. Yes, I I think it's great. And I think every character around her was great. Pug was hilarious. Ginger was hilarious. The the dresser was hilarious. Her boss nailed the boss role of just like this guy that kind of likes it, kind of doesn't. Yep. She gets a great job, but at what cost? She's engaging all these sort of people. And the show writer, Jessica Gao, did the ultimate bamboozle. And we'll talk about that in a bit in a minute. But here's here's what I'm going to say to kind of close. And this is this is the clip that I would ask Isaac to clip. If you are somebody that's detesting She-Hulk right now. I want you to know that if Deadpool had done this, you would be praising it. I want it to be known that if it was Deadpool doing it, you'd be praising it. And I'm not doing the layup of like, it's because he's a man. It's because when Deadpool does these jokes, it's funny, it's quirky, it's his shtick. But for some reason, nobody's willing to let She-Hulk have this. And it drives me bananas. I think it works perfectly for Tatiana Mislani. And I want to see more of it. I want to see more fourth wall breaking. I want to see her and Deadpool fight to get control of the script. I want to see those kinds of things in the future. This is a great comedy. It's one of the best comedies of the year. It's going to be in my list of Stan Lee's probably for TV shows. I really like this show. I tip my hat to Jessica Gow. It is not perfect. It can get better. But this is what people have wanted Deadpool to be in the MCU. It's, it's a it's a PG-13 version of Deadpool the audience is going to love it. I'm eating it up. Well, what would be even and I can't wait. Is if there is a crossover where Deadpool shows up to She-Hulk and like he swears and it gets bleeped on her show. Hundred percent, I would love it. So where she's on his show, she swears it doesn't get bleeped, and then make a reference to like, oh, okay, that's that's what the world we're in. Exactly. Like that. Just that's just great stuff. That's like comic books come to life type of stuff. That's that's what we want. I guess that's not what we all want. And Jessica didn't do a great job with like the in-house courtroom writing but i think they're going to hear that feedback from people and that scene with her and daredevil last week was great oh yeah with them doing litigation yeah it it was great that's the stuff we want so let's let's double down on it let's keep adding more obscure characters let's bring special guests in let's bring Treat, treat it like the old 90s mark where it's like hey next week james spader's coming on or next week this person's coming on like treat it like that that's what they should do like every episode there's some like you know 
top celebrity, mid celebrity, whatever, but someone that like everyone knows type of yeah. type of person, and have him play either like a character from the comic books or like maybe even a hero villain that's kind of like a low level that no one really is like okay, or know? themselves like Megan the Stallion, like you, or you that can, too, yeah, you can go a million directions with this show. This show should be a ten season show. Yeah, this show should be be doing everything there and the stakes do not have to be high in the slightest for this show to succeed and maybe that's why a lot of people love this show from that aspect like like i think what we both love about it yeah there is no high stakes really it's just like we get to like live in the world where superheroes exist without having to worry about you know kang showing up Mm -hmm. at this point like kang's kang's a movie villain or a loki villain you know in, in his series but like it's not high level there's nothing we have to worry about freaking Frogman. That's all we have to worry about. That's that's the dude. The reward of Jennifer Walters getting Matt Murdock to date her at the end. That was that was fulfilling as a viewer. It it wasn't cheap. It was earned. It was earned in episode eight. And I liked that. I didn't feel like it was too late. I didn't feel like it was rushed. I felt like it was earned. Matt Murdock did all the heavy lifting in his previous show. We didn't need to do his character development. Oh, yeah, in his previous show, not the previous episode. That, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about this episode since you (laughs) wanted to talk about it, too. So uh, she's released from the DODC custody, which was the same custody. Okay, I got Department of Damage Control, the same custody that was hunting Miss Marvel. Yep. And Peter Parker in his movie. So why did she get arrested and have to basically give up being She-Hulk when all she did was make do property damage? That just seemed too sus that they were just there ready scared, to arrest dude. her. Oh, we didn't talk about this, Mark. The intro. The intro from uh, based off of the, the old the Hulk show. Yeah. yeah. Tremendous. It was great. I had to tell Kelly, this is from the original show. It was unbelievable. Shot for shot. 70s. Yeah. Yeah, it was beat great. Beat for beat. That's that's why I love how this is so meta. Like it's just it's great. Like they, what they're doing is fantastic stuff. The the having <laughs> having Mark Ruffalo there just like standing awkwardly in his in his seventies clothing was so funny. And I was really kind of hoping when I knew it was coming. I was like, I kind of hope they just put Lou Ferrigno just in a Hulk outfit. <laughs> Give give him boobs. Let him. Yeah, let that's him what I was like. That would be awesome. That would just be so awesome. That's not what they did. <laughs> they got they got an actress. It was great. But it's just like I wish they kind of did that because I was like, oh, that'd be perfect to bring him back. It yeah. really would have. That would have been great. So she's forced to wear an inhibitor, and here's what makes this this episode so great. Mark was immediately. I was like, I was like, oh my word, she has an inhibitor on her. Oh my gosh, Bruce she, Banner be like say. It was like a prototype. How do these people have that? That was another thing I want to talk about. I don't know. Right? Exactly. Don't know. But I, I loved that immediately I got the stakes. She yeah. lost her job. She's in jail. She can't be She-Hulk anymore. Exactly. Yeah. She moves home. The scene of her going in her bedroom with all the like goofy 90s Aaron Brockovich, you know, the mom's like, I work out at 7 a.m. every day. Again, I've got to tell you guys. In the stage of life I'm in, these parents, it, it feels like Jessica Gao was following my parents around. I'm telling you, the way they were talking, like, the way, <laughs> it's like, like God, nobody really even likes she, nobody even really likes superheroes. Like the dad saying that, I'm like, that's the kind of crap my dad would say to me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Max, Max, don't worry about it. Like, you, you know, Young Life's not that big anyway. 
You know, he'd say stuff like that just to like cheer me up. Yeah. You wouldn't mean it. Stuff like that. Like just the fact that these parents try to be loving and they can't say anything. They're just goofy. Yep. I feel for this character. I love this. I love what they did there. Um, and the mom's like, I work out every day at 7 a.m. on that. I'm like, you, it's it's painful. I just, now I'm how much they nailed that. You're that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's pointing at the TV with the beer in his hand from, and you're like, that's, you're like, that's me. That's Steven Rayad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm living that life. And she walks and just puts her head on the bed. I'm like, that's my sister. Yep. That is literally my sister. It's it's so funny. I, I just had to make that note. I talked about that a couple weeks ago. Nikki and Pug infiltrate intelligentsia. So this is where we get into the stuff. They're like, it felt like the whole episode I was like, oh, this is what's happening. No, it's not. Right. So we talk about this. Nikki is logging on, uploading the video. <laughs> Nikki's the bad person. I called it. Like, that's yeah, you and I are like, let's go. We're about to take a victory lap. No, nope, she's, she's just she's bamboozling them. Great bamboozle. And then I thought Pug might be a, a potential. I like thought personally Pug might be part of it. Yeah, you know, um, and he wasn't. He was just he's just a naturally a great guy. I know Pug is like Zane's favorite character in this show, too. So I was really happy for Zane that he could keep that. And to learn that Todd was Hulk King, like it's like, oh, OK, yeah, that makes sense. He's rich. sure it makes complete sense. Like he if, if if it were to not be a new character, he is the most viable candidate. It was clear and evident. Right. And it wasn't the leader. Sure. And well, and. Well, that's the- to call it intelligentsia. Did you guys talk about that last week? Like, no, intelligentsia is the leader is part of that group in the comics. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I felt like that was their way of introducing him personally. If I had been on that episode, I would have doubled down on the leader. And with what happens later, where when she Hulk like fixes stuff, that blood sample is still out there. Oh, yeah. He could have just been a pawn. For the leader, because if in the leader's lore, that's what he does. He uses people as pawns for his scheme. So pause real quick before we get into the, the nuttiness. Do we think there's any scrolls? Scroll watch. Who would be your top candidate to be a scroll right now? Um, it is still still Wong and Emil Blonsky. I don't think it's Emil Blonsky, but I do think it's Wong. I wouldn't be surprised with both. But yeah, I'm Wong. I'm still pretty hard on. I, I <laughs> oopsies. I'm pretty sure that he's a. Uh, if it's left in it's left in whatever bro if there i would love to know what the vegas odds are of him being a a scroll because i'd love to put a bet on it yeah but yeah that's the whole thing like with scrolls i mean it could be nikki or pug one of them could be but i you know yeah i don't think the stakes are high enough for them to be one of them point of scrolls is like yeah they're supposed to be infiltrating basically almost all aspects of you know nations i could see it being the other lawyer the other female lawyer. Oh, the other one. Um, yeah, I could see her maybe. being a scroll just to kind of keep an eye on on her. Because I mean, I've been watching. Uh, what is it called? Like Heroes United, the like 2010, like animated Avengers show. Sure. Avengers Assemble. I think that's what it's called. Yes. And, and that's that's something they do. They slowly take out the strong Avengers, kind of like taking out Captain America, replacing him, taking out Hulk or like just removing them from the from being able to fight when they need to infiltrate. So it's like, that could be it. They're like, Oh, we need someone to be watching this other Hulk because we want to make sure she can get neutralized. So then who's all involved to help her get neutralized. And do that's they take, thing. do the scrolls? Cause my other theory was, do the scrolls take this blood sample and that's how they can make a super scroll. Maybe. 
uh oh okay here we go so so pug infiltrates the event todd's the guy and uh he's hulking and the abomination is the motivational speaker so we get another bamboozle you talked about this where i was like oh my gosh he is one of the bad guys but nope he's just trying to tout his karma there was crazy stuff yeah i'm sorry we have to back up when when pug was in like trying to like be bros with the guys he was like women i tell you and they're like yeah women like you know it was totally attacking the people that just hate the show because oh yeah do we we want to talk about that let's talk about that yeah because that that i thought that was so great that like the villains in this is just groups of men who just can't have a woman be in power they accurately predicted how people would react to this show in deep internet spheres yeah it was great there were some people that were acting that way that but those people don't have viable opinions in my opinion like it's just like whatever it's if you didn't like the show i can live with that just give me a reasonable answer like hey it's clunky it's not written well i don't follow the story as well i would like the stakes to be higher them them having the foresight to see how that would go was incredibly impressive yeah not 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 crazy but impressive that the way they wrote it yeah neil blonsky's there to give oh yeah then todd he's, he's just hired to be a motivational speaker yeah, but we just find there, out he does just, he does it as abomination he's a guy that's he reminds me out. of korg the way he's acting right now is like korg yeah that's that's like my comparison he's acting like korg so uh walters arrives and then todd injects himself and becomes like bro hulk did you think he was gonna become red hulk yes that was why I, I literally looked at kelly and i was like we're this is this is red hulk's gonna be i guess that's that's what i said yeah so i was expecting him to start turning red and he didn't and i was just like oh maybe when he gets big like, and she even made a joke about it yeah jennifer made she's like are we doing this are we actually doing this right now <laughs> <laughs> which again was just like so perfect so perfect for her to know what the educated marvel fan is thinking loved it i thought that was great i love that and then ti- the titania marvel. and banner show up yeah so at this point pause Max is going like, oh, they they're doing the Marvel ending again. They're doing the stupid Marvel ending. This is they're ruining the show. They're they're pulling a WandaVision. My first thought was they're pulling a WandaVision. Honest to God, I said that to myself. And then were you expecting White Vision to show up, too? (laughs) If White Vision showed up and then they did this, I might have. Oh, stood that up and applauded better like yeah they just, i would have stood up oh. and applauded i would have just gone ballistic oh, great. or like if steve rogers pulled up and it's like wait what <laughs> <laughs> he's dead a young steve um, rogers too or like rocket old. rocket rocket and group pop up i don't even know these guys <laughs> i never met them um so they appear and I then want that just over the top, like a handful of superheroes of each. Yeah, show. just randos, just everybody. <laughs> that would have been great. Look, I get it. You're lazy. And coffee from the grocery store is just as good as ordering from somewhere like Mini World's Tavern, right? Wrong. That's dumb. And you should feel so dumb for thinking that. Does your local grocery store donate a portion of their proceeds to charity? Actually, you know, if they do that, that is kind of awesome. But we guarantee that Mini World's Tavern does that. Besides, it's not like your grocery store provides an amazing monthly blend with added RPG-themed bonuses. That's a limited edition Mini World's Tavern exclusive, baby. 
They are the online coffee brand that's perfect for game night. Guys, I should know before every podcast and every time I go live on Twitch, I fill an entire bathtub full of great old one and I do my best Lord Harkonnen impression. Guys, grab a bag for yourself right now. Go to www.miniworldstavern.com slash the infinity bros, all one word. And guess what? You're going to save yourself 10% at checkout. She breaks the inhibitor, breaks the fourth wall by going through Marvel Studios assembled. Just. Oh, yeah, it goes, it goes like it makes it look like you backed out of the episode. Did you like think that you accidentally backed out? No, because I, didn't I totally did. I told 100% they got me. And I love how she chose Avengers Assembled, or yeah, whatever they call that, Assembled. Yeah. To, <laughs> to like, because she knew it's like, hey, that's the show where like they, they do their filming on the campus. Yep. So, like, let's go there. She's like looking around. Yeah, I love how she kicked, how they chose that she kicked Loki's panel and got that all messed up yep that was fun that was good and then she goes i mean she meets her writers they're all freaking out (laughs) and then she fights people to get to kevin and if you have i have subtitles on when i watch oh yeah so this was kind of a spoiler i didn't know what it meant but you're watching as if you're going like she's gonna talk to kevin feige yep this they're doing it they're they're doing the thing like that's the point where we're leonardo dicaprio right daddy feige's showing up Daddy Feige is about to show up. She meets with Kevin, an artificial intelligence that claims to be in charge of the MCU storyline. And this is when the show does. I, I have not had this feeling of shock and awe since Avengers Endgame or the Loki season finale, Mark. What were your thoughts on this scene? I like initially I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, we're going to go see like she's actually going to talk to Kevin Feige. And I think what made it better was that it was actually an art, like they made Kevin an artificial like machine that was, yeah. like you said, controlling everything. And then her being so like, again, meta about like, you know, the whole, should I change back? Is it more expensive if I keep being she Oh, and so then, good. And then, then, then Kevin's like, well, do it off screen because I'll save us money. Like that, that type of stuff. I loved it. Yeah, the X-Men comment. Oh, yeah. And she's like, the X-Men? Yeah. The fact that he's like, coming? he's like, turn, do it off screen. Our VFX team is turned to the next project. And you hear the Black <laughs> Panther music. I yep. just was like, oh, my word. So well done. Such a great edit. Her making jokes about smashing things, including Matt Murdock and storylines. <laughs> I just was like, yeah, this is. This is flawless writing right here. This is just this is exactly what this universe needed. And I would love to know, was this the finale that was initially pitched or was this like a collaborative thing where they came to this? Because it's like whoever thought of this, like deserves all the praise because this is such an ending. No one Well, going into the show, Mark, I remember people were making comments of like, there's got to be a point where she talks to Kevin Feige about her own show. I remember people making that joke, but as the show went on and the fourth wall breaks were just minimal. Here's, here's my honest opinion. on I think what they did, I think if they do a second season, they're going to have a ton of fourth wall breaks. Yeah. I think they intentionally went light on the fourth wall breaks this season like, for this moment. Like Zach Morris level wall breaks from saved by the bell. I, I think, but I think they intentionally limited them Mark for this moment. So that when this moment happened, it wouldn't be it as predictable. Feel earned, and I, I, I really do think that. I think, 
Her fourth wall breaks were like a superpower almost this season. She had to learn how to use them. Sure. And it cultivated in that. I think that's what this season was also about. I think it was about her understanding the relationship with the audience, the creators understanding what the audience wanted with the fourth wall breaks, but also you you can't do that every season, right? You can't go to Kevin every season. You can do it. Mm-hmm. At least you could do it once a season, but you can't do it to change the whole plot like they did this year. They just won't be able to do that. Did, did you hear? Because uh, I, I saw some articles on this stuff and I saved it so I could read them after I saw the show and I finally read them um, where Jessica Gao wanted Kevin Feige to voice Kevin, but he refused to do it. That's ridiculous. He should have done it. And apparently... Um, cause Kevin had asked this idea, apparently every machine or robot that they had masked or like written up or like drawn had a hat on it. And he said, no, no hat. He had a hat. His, his, like his circle thing was a hat. Kinda, but like it was apparently like a real hat that was sure. like, that was the whole joke. Cause you know, he wears a hat. It sounds like Kevin was a little too not serious about him, a little too serious about himself in that yeah. moment. So that been, I think that would have been more wild if like he actually voiced Kevin. I think that would have been great, but you know. But I think his thought is like, oh, then I have to keep doing it. Exactly, probably. Or like he his doesn't thought want to is, I got to do it again if we do it again. Or people are like, oh, he's just being like, you no, know, super ego. No, him, so. he's earned the right to have that role and do that, and nobody will make a joke, in my opinion. Neither here nor there. I was also expecting what once they went in there, I was like, do you think she like runs by Deadpool like in like pre-production? Like, that's what I kind of expected to happen. I was expecting her to run into, like, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, so or yeah, something like that. Yeah. I was like, that's any great. actor in this universe could be walking by her or sitting there reading a newspaper right now. Any any one of them. I really was wondering what they were going to do. I, I really think this season was about her learning how to use the fourth wall break as a superpower. And that's what she does in the comics, where, like, she'll go use other stories after other universes as defenses. You know, for her I, I think that was what she was doing. I, I think the writers. The writers made it very clear because it was limited. It didn't happen a ton. And all season we're like, oh, everybody was like, I want more of it. But it's like. Then she full fledged did it. And now she understands what she can do with it. I, I, I really think that's what happened here. Yeah, I loved it. I ate it all up. It, it worked for me. I, I do understand if you're somebody that didn't like how this went. I think. I think this is one of the arguments for the show I can understand. I had a thought just going to my head. Um, so you know how like Valkyrie can use, uh, I always forget the horse's name, but basically the travel through dimensions. Pegasus, right. Yeah, Pegasus. And then Thor can use like um, Stormbreaker to transfer. Or, sure. Does She-Hulk just have that ability? If she can come into our universe? She can just go to like eternity whenever she feels like it, if she knows where, if she just feels the need to go. I think it would be really funny. There it is. I think it would be funny. You can't do it in a serious way. No. But you can do it in a funny way. Like she just accidentally is like there and she's like, oh, what the heck happened? And 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 you're making a good point. Like I think a lot of people are gonna be like, oh well, she could just relight the whole show where like again, I, I literally read an argument that somebody said like she made Daredevil have sex with her. That was like a legitimate argument somebody made because she's writing her own story. She made it so he got to come back to have sex with her. And I'm like, that's a ridiculous stretch to this context. There's some truth to that kind of, but like, isn't that the whole concept of the show is like, she's writing her own destiny. Like that's what like a person should do is be able to control 
how their life goes. That's by making. I don't know if I think that kind of philosophy personally, but I understand what you're saying. You're saying in the context of this show, that's the message they're sending. Or yeah, or like that Jennifer Walters is believing in herself, being able to write her own sure. destiny. Like that's kind of the whole overshadowing of it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it ties to, like it gets a very fourth wall. Like we saw it. Like it gets you know very meta, and I keep saying meta all the time because, but it is. That's what's so wonderful. Anyways. It's the same reason on the flip side of the coin that like Deadpool doesn't stick out to me as much as it does to other people because mm-hmm. the meta stick doesn't work for me a ton. The reason it worked in this context is I think the story is better here than Deadpool. I really do like I, I love what they're doing with this character. But I think that comes back to what you're kind of into for storytelling because exactly because very much Deadpool was very crude mm-hmm. action oriented you know, violent and, you know, absurdly funny. And that's what you wanted from a Deadpool movie where it's like the She-Hulk show, you know, told us, Hey, it's going to be a legal drama comedy. And then if you know, like you said, if you're an educated Marvel fan, she can also fourth wall break. So you're just assuming that's going to happen. And I think just, you know, it's, you know, what people are preference to and what they like is what honestly dictates whether or not you like something. And I sure. And I'm someone that loves both those properties. So I, that's why I want them to cross over. I think that'd be great, great stuff. I agree. I, I think it'd be very, it, their two genres would definitely clash. Yep. Finally, she goes back. Emil Blonsky turns himself in. She celebrates with her family. Mur- Murdoch shows up. I well, love how he thing. just jumped out of nowhere. Hilarious. IT, uh, I keep forgetting her name. Titania. Titania. Thank you. And uh, Hulk. Mm -hmm. From smashing. Yep. She's still there. She shows up to film it, but she doesn't smash the the thing. Banner. And this is the other thing that I loved about this ending. They just really, some people will say this. They went really quick here. I don't think they went quick. I I think they went the perfect amount of time. It's exactly what happened if you showed up late to a family gathering and you had something like this to like show you're just like yes banner shows up hey guys hey how's it going bruce i got a son <laughs> and then boom after jessica's dad had been like or when are you guys gonna have babies to matt murdoch and her sure like that's like you know yeah that that is that is again a new, a new kid to the... right in the jellies <laughs> yeah i have been there yeah, I, his scar was out of was not out of left field, but it was it was shocking to see him on the screen. Only thing shocking was apparently the haircut people don't appreciate. So, do you, yeah. Do you have a strong opinion about the haircut, Mark? I don't think it. I mean, now kind of knowing what the haircut is when I've read, it's like, like I didn't have any strong opinion before. But knowing why they gave him the haircut, it like makes sense. So Will Dustner is the is the actor playing him. He is Joey Zarek from Stargirl, which is on the CW. Pulling a lot of actors from Stargirl in this show. Pug was from uh, The Flash. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then he did a TV series called Shut Eye. Okay. So a little, well, a little well, not a well-known actor, but getting a very, 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 very big role for the future. Because this basically sets up World War Hulk or Planet Hulk. Jennifer also said save it for the movie. Yep. <laughs> When Kevin talked about all this. Yeah. So um, to me, that was confirmation that there's going to be a movie. And she vows to be a superhero and a lawyer. 
mid credit scene, Wong breaks Blonsky out of prison. Again, I, I, we talked about this earlier. I think Wong is still a scroll, and I think he's keeping Blonsky close. So that way, if the Avengers find out, he has somebody to fight on behalf of him. Oh, that's your thought. I like that. But if he was a scroll, though, he could just turn into Abomination and have his powers, too. So that also could Maybe. be the thing. Is like that's why he Maybe wants him, that's why he wants him next to him. Sure. So like if something serious happens, he has a super powered, you know, mm-hmm. abomination to you know help him fight his way out of a sticky situation. But now what's what's the next show that we're getting? And is it Secret Invasion is the next one? Secret Invasion should be next, yes. No, Black Old well, Black Panther then Secret Invasion. Well, I, I meant in sh- show wise. Sure, like, Secret Invasion is next. That'll be in February. Because then we also get, no, I think it's, yeah, it's Black Panther, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and then Secret Invasion happens. Oh my gosh, we're about to get to a banger of movies. Because I think we get, there's like a two-month break. They're giving us two months to cool off, because I'm sure they're going to hit us hard with uh, Black Panther, which I'm 100% convinced Neymar is not the villain at all in this movie. It's all set up in the previews. Yeah, it's, 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 uh... it's Doctor Doom. Dr. Doom. Okay, so here's what's coming up next. We have Black Panther coming November 11th. I, we keep forgetting about this, but the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Oh, okay. Which we were supposed to get last year. We were supposed to get that last year. Yep. Then you have Ant-Man in February. Okay. Then you have What If. Okay, What so If. So What If will be what happens in between that. Then you get Secret Invasion in spring of 2023. I'm all right with that. And then next summer we go Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Echo, Loki season two, the Marvels, Ironheart, Agatha, Daredevil. And before you know it, 2024, we're Captain America, New World Order. And we're right back into the thick of this whole Marvel. Crazy. But this this Black Panther movie is going to be something. But we're going to save talking about that for later. All right. A couple things. Two more things before we go, Mark. Sasha Baron Cohen is rumored to be MCU's Mephisto. This comes from Dark Horizon. Multiple reports on Twitter and select geek sites are reciting the rumor that actor Sasha Baron Cohen will portray the iconic villain Mephisto in the upcoming Marvel Studios series Ironheart on the Disney Plus service. The rumors first seemed to emerge on the Marvel Studios spoils Reddit thread, which I am active on, so I can confirm that I've seen it on there as well. Um, but it was reported by My Time to Shine, who a lot of people consider to be a top rumor spoiler person. Like he must be an ins- that person must be an insider. That person's been right about more things that they've been wrong. Interesting. So, Anthony Ramos plays the show's main villain, The Hood, a character who in the comics receives magical powers from the cosmic entity Dormammu, who appeared in the 2016 Doctor Strange film. These reports suggest that it is being changed for Ironheart with The Hood now getting their powers from Mephisto after coming to a deal with him. Do you buy that this rumor is happening? Um, I wish they just, this rumor wasn't even spread at all. <clears throat> Cause at this point, I just want Mephisto to show up randomly. I don't want to know he's coming. Sure. You want him to just show up. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been a Marvel character that I've been more eager to see. Yeah. Except for maybe fantastic four. Well, and oh, back to, for Mephisto, having Sasha Baron Cohen be, play him great love it very nice i love it i'm all in on that yes yeah yes i i guess the question is do we think he's doing it i mean it sounds like something he would do like that seems right up his alley for right you know it's a rumor so we don't know this this is a confirmed report what i'm going to share now 
Harrison Ford is joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Collider published this. No longer a rumor. You're saying it is that. not a rumor. This is Collider reported it. Uh, I'm we sorry, are, forgive me. Slash film in the hot mic reported it first. And this is, uh, we talked about this a few episodes ago, like if they were going to replace Thunderbolt Ross. And clearly yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting subject given the fact that T'Challa didn't get replaced. Right. And obviously T'Challa's place in the cultural cinematic universe is significantly different than Thaddeus Ross. Correct. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a four out of six. I don't know how I feel about Harrison Ford doing this role. His off life, like how he talks about Star Wars movies. Just as he's kind of a jerk about Star Wars, he doesn't. It depends on the day of the week when he talks about Star Wars. And I I, I don't want somebody like that being in the, in the Marvel Cinematic you know, Universe. He probably talks- My assumption here is they're paying him a ton of money and he'll do one movie in person and then after that, he can just voice a character that's CGI. That's my assumption. Uh, yeah, because he, he probably then will become Red Hulk. They got to get him to be Red Hulk as fast as possible. So then they don't have to worry about Harrison Ford going out there and, and um, acting. But in all fairness about Star Wars and his disdain for it, apparently, I bet he has dealt with some of the worst beratements from Star Wars fans. Because Star Wars fans are awful. Yes, yes. However... Star Wars is the reason he's famous. Sure. Star well, Wars Indiana is the Jones. reason he has all the money he has. Indiana Jones, but you know, whatever. But he doesn't get the, Star Wars. He got that role first. And then he got that's the, the point I make. It's, it's he not, got I'm not, I'm not, and they got the real role of Indiana Jones. I'm not you know dogging Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is a great, is a great series. Yes, he's I'm an just iconic saying, role, but then he's, it, but I, he's I, two I, iconic roles. But I bet he just like versus Indiana Jones because he's back doing that again, but he's also probably being, you know, backed up a dump truck of money. Um, it's think about it. Just thirty years of people asking him probably the same questions over and over again. Totally, and I'm sure would, yes. And you go either route. It's like he kept being and working famous. So to him, he's like, okay, I've done other stuff. Stop talking to me about this. Versus like Mark Hamill has totally embraced it because of sure. The so then my question is, why sign on for the Marvel Cinematic Universe when this is this generation Star Wars? Maybe he's a fan of Red Hulk. You don't know that. He could also be a fan. <laughs> No, I, that's a great point. You're right. And I, I go back to um, uh, who was it? The guy who played Bison in the Street Fighter movie, and then he like passed away like a year after the movie came out. He took the role because his son liked that stuff, so he wanted to be in the sure. movie. So it's like it could be something like that. It could be something where it's just like maybe he has a child that's like, "Hey, dad, that'd be awesome if you're in the Marvel movies," and he's like, "All right, fine," and then goes and. Is it the Marvel movies? I don't know. It could be something like that. Yeah, right. No, I, or Marvel's like, yep. hey, here's here's $12 million. Do you want that? And he's just like, okay. And then that's it. And like you said, maybe the role is like, yeah, it's, we're, we want you in one movie as the general, and then we're going to turn you to Red Hulk, and then we just need your voice going on there. So it's Yeah, I, I think that's the direction they're going with him. I just, I, I don't know why, if you hated all that, why you would sign on for, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But you make a fair point. That fan base is toxic, but I think the MCU fan base is toxic, too. It's getting tough at times. Depending on who you're talking to. We just need to love everybody. Yelly. Everybody, everybody love everybody, love Mark. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you for coming on and uh, re- reviewing She-Hulk episode nine in the season one finale with me. Uh, we had a great season reviewing this. 
if this is your first time checking us out, I would highly recommend you check us out and how we review things. We're, we're known for around these parts for our WandaVision review, as okay. well as our Loki review. You want to check those out. Those will be in the show notes. And uh, you can follow Mark and I on Twitter. Marky Mark. Is it just Marky Mark? No. When I created Twitter, Marky Mark was, you know, back at, back in the old days, you know, 10 years ago. Many moons ago. I had to give myself an extra Y and then two numbers. Ah. Uh, uh-huh. Sure. And then I'm, it's just MaxMoser73. Check us out on Twitter. Follow the Infinity Bros at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Twitch. You can follow us on Discord. Become part of our community there. You can also check us out when we're streaming two to four days a week as well on there. Uh, as always, we love you guys 3000 and we will talk to you guys later. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.